Hey, welcome everybody. It's that time again. Yes, sir. Believe Sports Business Sports Media, also heard on pod clips around the world. I am Fred. You can email us at sportsfredredale.com, sportsfredredale.com. We are taping this at 2.32 in the afternoon Pacific Standard Time on Thursday, which makes it 5.32 for Art Source in Pennsylvania and 2.32 for uh, Mark Mancini again here in Southern California. I want to talk about UCLA and the Board of Regents. Art, I think they sold out 11 to 5. Yes, UCLA can jump to the Big Ten. I grew up loving the Rose Bowl, Big Ten versus the Pac-10. I think UCLA screwed every other conference school. I'm happy they have to pay Cal. I'm much happier if they would have turned UCLA down. Art, your comments. 11 to 5 vote. The UC Regents decide that they're going to okay the deal. UCLA is in debt $62.5 million. Um, the vote was 11 to 5, like I said. They're going to the Big Ten. And, of course, the Big Ten and Kevin Warren just signed a lucrative $7 billion multimedia contract. So uh, UCLA and SC are going to be involved in it. George Klyavikov is in Las Vegas. His statement was, now that we've lost the L.A. market, it's going to be a little bit difficult to put together a big TV package. Well, let's put it very, very uh, succinctly. I haven't seen much out of him. I mean, he's going down the road as the previous commissioner, in my opinion. Uh, Larry, Larry Scott, you're talking about. Okay, yeah. uh, Mark Mancini, born in uh, Pittsburgh, PA. Your comments about UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten. Well, now we're going to get some football. We'll get some basketball. We'll get some college sports. And uh, UCLA had to make the move. They were going broke. I mean, you, you, hard to fathom a school like UCLA being broke. But, you know, uh, this whole uh, thing uh, with the Under Armour situation and everything, I'm glad they made the move. They were on the fence. They thought about it. You can't have your ice cream and cake and whipped cream. They had to take a chance. And uh, I think it's a good chance. It's a money pit now for them. All right, let me just say this. The last two athletic directors at UCLA, Guerrero, and now Germond, have uh, put themselves put UCLA in the hole. So now the kids and the parents of the kids are going to take it in the head. Uh, a, a parent says, okay, you, you want to go to UCLA, that's great. Let's say the, let's say the parent lives in uh, Phoenix. Okay, he can fly and watch the kids play uh, uh, up in San Francisco and this and that and, and Tucson and University of Arizona. But now parent can't go very often to Ann Arbor, Michigan, or Columbus, Ohio. So I don't know how this is a win for the kids. I don't know how this is a win for the parents of the kids. I think it's a total loss. Art, take it from there. Well, Fred, there's another point. You know, USC and UCLA have great water polo teams. Does Rutgers have a water polo team? (laughs) That's a good question. Are they going to play men's golf in the fall? You know, at, at Michigan or at Minnesota, I mean, you're, there's a lot of things I don't think a lot of people have thought about in terms of logistics. You know, it looks great on paper, money-wise. Everybody's going to be, you know, doing great. Caleb Williams, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner from USC, the Conference of Champions. Well, that's yesteryear at this point, Fred. And, you know, I feel bad. I wonder if it's going to be San Diego State or Boise State, or who's going to come into the Pac-12 to make up the difference at this point in time, too? Mark, uh, I think they did it in a a very sneaky way. Nobody else knew what they were going to do. That's why they're going to have to pay Cal off, you know, uh, $10 or something like that. 
first season, which isn't enough, but at least it's something. But I, I don't like, look, I was brought up a UCLA fan. My mom went to UCLA. I've been a UCLA fan since the age of five. I think it stinks. I think that, again, the kids, you can't, t- okay, I'm not saying they're going to be studying if they, if they only have to fly an hour versus four hours. But I'm saying just for their health and things like that, there's no way that it's a positive having to fly. And Ann Arbor, Michigan's a beautiful city. Fantastic. Great. Big, uh, big, big uh, football field. I mean, uh, no, nothing's bigger than that. It's fantastic. But I'd rather have them fly into Stanford, fly into uh, Arizona State and Arizona and even Oregon. But this is, Mark, I, I got to tell you, again, if I'm a parent of a kid, I'm going to be screaming right now. I'm going to be writing to Governor Newsom and saying, why didn't you push harder? Mark your comments. Well, I mean, the the, the, the thing is, I, the only de- deficit of this whole thing is the kids are going to be doing a lot more traveling because now you go to the Big Ten schools and everything. Yeah. But I don't see I don't see any problem as far as getting a conference now because let's face it, guys. I've always said this: if you're a top ten team in football or basketball, I need to see a top ten schedule. You can't really see it in college football. Now we'll get it, but. If you can't do that and you want to keep these games, then let's get some super conferences going. Wait a minute. Let me interrupt you. What are you talking about? In other words, the five five major conferences get together. They take the other conferences. They play for their own national championship. You have those five major conferences, you know, and, and the independents like Notre Dame. And and you basically have have it that way because they got to start playing each other. You can't have Alabama playing Cupcake State at all these schools like this, and then complaining that we didn't make it to the to the college football you know Final Four. I mean, Fred, it has to be equitable if that's what this world is going toward. That's all right. All so what you, what, what, what you say is that you have to play ten conference games. That's all you have to do. Right. You lock that. You lock that in, and you have two weeklings and ten conference games, but. Let me give an example. We're taping this on Thursday and Wednesday night. UCLA is at Maryland, two years ahead of them joining the Big Ten. I looked at, you know, they kept uh, showing, uh, obviously, the fans in the stands. 20 years ago, that'd be an unbelievable game. <laughs> 87 to 60 for UCLA in a game where they led, I think, by 36 at one point. But that's not the, what I'm bringing up. I'm bringing up the fact that how is a fan from UCLA? UCLA doesn't travel well anyways. You're lucky they get fans to Stanford. How the hell are you going to get Stan- fans to, to Maryland? Mark, you have any comments about this? You're going to have 95% of the fans in every time in the Big Ten for UCLA on the other side versus maybe 10% or 20% if it's at uh, uh, Arizona or Arizona State or Stanford or Cal. I mean, the, even from that point of view, the fans can't. The fans are screwed. Fans are hitting ahead. The They're not going to travel 3,000 miles away too often. Mark, your comments. Well, you're you're absolutely right. You can't travel three thousand miles, but you know if you're going to sit there and watch it on TV, who wouldn't want to see UCLA and, and Maryland play? Who wouldn't want to see some tradition that Bobby Knight started at Indiana, UCLA in Indiana? I mean, why? why How about I, USC and football playing at Penn State what? or USC at yeah, Michigan or Michigan late yeah. in the year coming out to play at UCLA in the Rose Bowl? Now, here's the deal, Fred. You got a lot more people moving out of California now. Maybe that's a part of this too, okay? Because of the government in California and the taxes in California, <laughs> a lot of people are leaving. Now I know one thing: I played in two Rose Bowls, and there were a lot of Michigan fans that came out 
to be in Pasadena and enjoy that Rose Bowl. But they and now whether that works it, both ways, I'm not sure. It doesn't. UCLA doesn't travel well. You know that. I mean, everybody, you know, that's, they've been writing about that. They can't, they can't even get people in their home stadium. Right, right. right. So but is that point, because how lousy they've been? Yes. Because I remember when we played them in the 70s with Terry Donahue and Dick Vermeil, and we had 90,000 people in the Coliseum. And when we went and played them, the, you know, we all played in the Coliseum then. Every year it was packed. Even this year, they had to have the tarp up. And you had a Heisman Trophy winner at USC and DTR and a great Bruin team. So maybe college football, like college basketball, is losing their tether, okay, because they're charging too much money to go to the games. Folks, believe uh, Sports Biz, Sports Media, Allsburg on Pod Clips. I'm Fred. Mark Mancini's with us uh, from Southern California, where it's colder than you can believe. And Art Source, where it's about the snow in Pennsylvania. And we're talking this, that, and everything, mostly Southern California stuff, including the Dodgers. Okay, they finally signed somebody, Mark, and you're a Pirates fan and a Padre fan. But uh, Noah, Syndergaard, is he going to make a big difference for the Dodgers, you think, in 2023? Mark Mancini? I've told you a long time, and I very well stay consistent on the way I think about the Dodgers, Fred and Artie. This is a far cry from the 70s when they had a powerful infield with Garvey, Lopes, and Russell. This is now is, is turned into a, a, a deer in headlights organization. They kind of remind me of the Red Sox in some ways. They tell their fans what they're going to do, and then the horse is out of the barn, and then they're closing the barn. You've lost a lot of talent. I don't know how you go into this season with Syndergaard as your third starter. There's Julio Urias, to me, is not even a number one starter. He's a number two. You've got a broken horse in Kershaw, question marks all the way to the back of the bullpen with no closer, and you got three hitters on that team with no depth. You guys are closer to last. Jason Hayward's going to lead the league in hitting. Come on, you guys. <laughs> you, you guys are closer to last place in that division than you are first. Okay. And the well, wait a minute. you got Colorado and Arizona, Mark, so, so cool your Jets. Hey, how about the Giants? Giants made a big move signing Car- Carlos Correa for 13 years. I don't know how old he is, but I think he's approaching 30. I don't know if there's any 43-year-old, 28. Are there, are there any 41-year-old shortstops well, out there? <laughs> Fred, uh, Fred, you got I've been saying this for five years. You show Andrew Friedman the door, I'll buy stock in that organization. Well, the other He's not going to turn you around. You got to get. You got to go to the school of Dave Dombrowski where it's. He writes open checks. Okay, but, but the, the other side of the Syndergaard thing is that the operation was two years ago. We've all seen pitchers come back two and three years after the operation. Last year for the Angels and the Phillies, he was only throwing 92 miles an hour, which is fast for a normal, you know, an average pitcher, but he used to throw like 100 miles an hour. Maybe he throws, maybe he throws 95 this year. And maybe the Dodgers get lucky, Art. Do you think that's a possibility? It's a possibility. I mean, he, I remember watching him as, as far back as three years ago with the Mets, and he was, you know, with DeGrom. I mean, those two guys were unbelievable. I think his nickname was Thor. I mean, he throws the ball very, very well, and maybe he will. You know, it would be just the Dodgers' luck, all right? They get Bellinger. They well, trade him off to, to the Cubs, and he winds up hitting 40 home runs and, you know, looks like the 2019 MVP that he was. Uh, you know, hey, hope springs eternal, Fred. <laughs> well, you know what? You, you know who he reminds me of? Paul Wilson and Bill Pulsifer 
They were Harold uh, guys in, in New York that didn't do anything. Here's the thing, the question I want to throw to you, Fred, is how come you didn't sign Ross Stripling that eats up innings that was 10-4 and four with the Blue Jays and the did. Giants gave him a two-year contract? I don't think they think he can be a big winner. He pitched well for the Dodgers. They pitched well last year for Toronto after the Dodgers moved. Listen, hey, has anybody call- has anybody heard about Trevor May and, and what, what's going on with him or Walker Bueller? Because those two guys are still, you know, I mean, they're if they come back halfway healthy, you know, I know it's not going to be right away, but but those are still some pretty preeminent pitchers in no, terms Dustin, of baseball. Dustin May, I think, is going to come back early in the season, and they're talking about. Uh, Bueller missing the whole whole season or at best coming back in September. Wow. So uh, that's going to be pretty tough. So, you know, he'd be the number one guy. He'd be the number one guy in the rotation. Bueller, I guess. But uh, Dustin May certainly throws hard and uh, he can be dominant too. But what about the farm system, Fred? Are they got anything coming up? They've had a prolific farm system. Pepeo came up last year. He didn't show me. I mean, he showed me okay. He's average. You know, nothing more than that. I mean, again, the second season maybe will show me a lot more, but it's the Put that aside for a minute. Um, when you got Dave Roberts as the manager and he's letting pitchers only go five or six innings, you also need a bullpen. I don't even know, you know, if they, you know, I don't even know who they have left. They lost about four or five guys out of that bullpen. Mark, you know, you could be right. I think you're wrong. Because again, Mark is the world's worst sports handicapper. <laughs> uh, so I, I still think the Dodgers will probably be right near the top. They're not winning 111 games. If they get Swanson though, for 400 and something million, which they'll have to pay them, then I think they're back to almost where they were before. Swanson is at the same level of Turner, although not as fast, but a better defensive shortstop. So, Mark, what happens if the Dodgers get Dansby Swanson from the Braves? And I, uh, last thing I've read is the Cubs, the Braves, the Dodgers left in the uh, battle for Swanson. What if they pay 400 million and add Swanson to the shortstop position? Well, I like Swanson. I'm not going to say he's going to replace a Trey Turner there. The last two shortstops you had, you know, you, could hit, you had home runs in RBI. Swanson was good in Atlanta. If you remember, Swanson struggled in Arizona before he went to Atlanta. But the real key here is my buddy went to Vegas and put a bet down that the Padres would win the World Series, so I should win something. But I disagree with you, and we can agree to disagree I don't think they got the, the, the depth or the pitch in to take out San Diego. And San Diego's not done yet. They're and, trying and to Mark, get a Rendon What about the there. New York Mets and the Philadelphia Phillies? You're forgetting two of the best teams in baseball, okay? You've got a pitching staff in New York that looks like an all-star team, okay? They're packing it in there. Mr. Cohen is dropping billions. Like, he looks like George Steinbrenner on a, on a closeout sale. That's how much money he spent in the offseason. So I mean, you got some you got some good teams in the National League. Aside from the Padres, the Dodgers, the Giants, they got the Cardinals go out and get Contreras. You got the East. Yeah. Now Dansby Swanson leaving Atlanta is going to cause a problem with them, but they still have a pretty good ball club. So there's well, six or seven teams that, that could compete in the National League. Well, here's the other thing, uh, Fred and Artie. How come uh, Cody Bellinger was offered the same money for the one year to stay in LA. And he decided to take his act to Chicago. Maybe nobody wants the Dodgers money. Maybe well, they're that, looking that at might be the manager and the general manager too, though. Yeah. That I, mean, might I have be to be honest with you. I don't think, I don't think uh, the manager of the Dodgers is that much fun to play for. No. And I, and I also think I've read anyways, that Clay Bellinger, his dad uh, is having some problems with the, uh, 
Roberts and with Friedman. And so I think that's part of it too. The Dodgers would have had to offer more than somebody else. Now we can prove it at Wrigley Field. I, I make a prediction right here. You know, he's had the operation a couple of years ago. He's going to hit 35 to 45 home runs for the Cubs. Okay. And, I agree. And, the, and Dodger fans are going to go nuts, but that's the way it's going to be. I assumed, and I mean this as a Dodger fan, I assumed he plays entire career in LA. I thought he was going to be one of those guys like the Kershaw's. And the Dodgers aren't, in my mind, aren't smart enough to realize the same thing. Even defensively, Fred, he's still yeah. amongst the top three defensive center fielders in baseball. Yeah. I mean, you know, and with the new rule, you can DH him occasionally. You can let, sit him down against certain left-handers. You've got enough guys on that team where you can protect him. You know, there's a lot of things they could have done. But now, you know, I, if they think Jason, <laughs> Jason Hayworth is going to be <laughs> the guy, I just don't get no. it. You know, I mean, but I will tell you this, Mark, your Padres have spent a lot of money. Now, I don't know if they're going to get Soto. That's going to really that's going to be a billion dollar team, gentlemen. And that's Peter Seidler. Uh, is my O'Malley's. That's, that's Peter O'Malley. That's yeah. Peter O'Malley's nephew. So it, think of it, as, you know, that's my second Dodger team. So, Mark, you see, I don't dislike the Padres. because I think Peter O'Malley is one of the nicest men I've ever met in business yes. in my entire life. So. They're probably my second choice if somebody's got to win it. Giants, God forbid. All right, let's talk some NFL before we go in our last three or four minutes here on Believe Sports Business, Sports Media. Artie, you played for the Rams. Can you presume on Monday night Mayfield has more miracles or does not have more miracles miracles against the Green Bay Packers? He's had 10 days to get all prepared. I mean, that's like (laughs) from two days to 10 days. They'll have a package together. I think... The Kiss and Cousins, McVay and Mayfield. This has something that, that's got me excited, even though the Rams are four and nine, not going anywhere. But I would like to see him hold on to him, and I'd like to see a battle next year between Stafford and Mayfield for the job. Probably won't happen, but you never know. I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't tell you what's going to happen in the future. Uh, I will say this uh, I think it was a great move by the Rams. Twofold. They kept him from going to San Francisco and they got a quarterback. They've always needed a backup. I, I've been so bummed out with your Bryce Petties, and, and it's like seriously, you need a backup quarterback in a 17 game schedule in the NFL. Mark, what do you think about Manfield's performance last Thursday and his performance coming up against the Green Bay Packers? Well, I've always been a Baker Mayfield guy. I like the swag, and it just goes to show you that. The problem was the second-string quarterbacks the Rams had. Maybe Matthew Stafford's going to hang it up because the concussions are just getting to him. But going forward, you know, I'm not a big Ram fan, and I know Artie might throw something through the whole uh, 3,000 miles away at me, but I love Baker Mayfield. And I like this, this kid, and if they can sign him and let him uh, play the, the enthusiasm, the drive, the personality, the swag, all of the above, I think the Rams are in good shape. So it just wasn't the offensive line that was the problem. It was a couple of Ram quarterbacks that were backing up Stafford that didn't know how to throw the football. And I want to say right. another thing, Fred. That that franchise has bigger problems than just a quarterback. Okay, that's why McVay was talking to the networks. That's why when we heard Aaron Donald wanted to retire, the, Les Snead has big problems on the horizon. It's not going to be an easy rebuild there. All right, the other coach, uh, Brandon Staley, not my favorite guy. Uh, let's go, Brandon. Uh, 
faces the uh, Tennessee Titans who dropped three in a row. Snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> so Brandon's a uh, three-point favorite over uh, the Tennessee Titans on uh, Sunday, Mark. I mean, uh, uh, Art, who do you like? Jeez, Tennessee's let me down so many times. I don't know what to tell you there. I got to go with the Chargers because Gavin Herbert, uh, Gavin Herbert, <laughs> I love it. Herbert, <laughs> Herbert is a better quarterback than Tanny Hill nine times a day. And I just, I, I gave up on the Titans when they blew their general manager out and uh, they went to, to Jacksonville and laid an egg. So I don't know what's going on down there. I think uh, Mr. Adams's daughter is, uh, is, is just counting her money. Mark, who do you like Chargers or Titans? Well, I, I still think the Jaguars can run this division and knock Tennessee off. But Tennessee's been very inconsistent. And it's shown since last year when Cincinnati went in there in the playoffs and beat them. I think the Chargers are on a roll. And, you know, uh, this is the time of the year. And if you guys look up the uh, facts on this, the Dolphins will probably lose their third in a row. And when they get in weather that's under 30 degrees, I think they're like one in 30. So good luck. And they got two more. They got to go to New England yet, too. So I think. Yeah, you can stick a fork in the Dolphins. Mark, yeah, I in think, thir- uh, Mark, in 30 seconds, your final word tonight on uh, Believe Sports Business Sports Media. Well, I'm going to tell you this, guys. The Pittsburgh Pirates will win a World Series before the Dodgers win one. Well, repeat that. <laughs> Please repeat that. My Pittsburgh Pirates, my beloved black and gold brigade, will win a World Series before the Hollywood guys touch the uh, World Series again and win it. Does your wife know you're drinking in the afternoon? Hey, hey Fred. My wife, my wife, I want to say Saturday. <laughs> I want to say one thing. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful basketball coach at UCLA passed away, Billy Moore. Yeah, who was a champion oh, in so many different ways. Yeah, and of course we had Mike yeah. Leach who passed away as well, and uh, and then also Paul Silas, who I interviewed many times, who I loved as a as a basketball coach and player. So I just wanted to, to, to pass a little out of that out there and, and wish everybody the very best. I love doing this show with you guys. I got to tell you, it's fun. I love you, and man. Is, ah, thanks, Mark. I All right. For it. Mark, for Art, for Mario, I'm Fred. Next week, uh, we'll be back with more Believe Sports yeah. Business, Sports Media. Bye, everybody.